0: It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit
1: ellerslie.com. Eric, we're just a couple of weeks away from our summer semester. I don't know about you, but I am actually really excited to have students back on campus. This is actually our biggest semester we've ever had since Ellerslie began. Any thoughts about the upcoming semester? (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah. I I think if we had a competition of who is more excited, I may win. So I. That's questionable. I I think we both love what we do, which is a nice feature in our lives. And we love it when we're in active training mode. Uh, Because this, you know, this season, which I don't know what we call it, because it's really not an off season. You and I don't have an off season. Even though we don't have a lot of students coming through, we're doing a lot of uh, other things in preparation for it. But having the students here. Being in active discipleship mode and just pouring into lives and it really blesses and edifies us too. And it so is. very, very excited. We've been praying for the students by name and uh, it's just a, it's a special thing that we get to be a part of. Uh, so and we then, do have,
1: we don't have any room in our summer semester yep. for people. Uh, but, but we do have space in our, our week long that's at the end of the summer in August mm-hmm. And then we do have space in our fall semester. So if someone is interest, interested in just taking the word of God deeper and just figuring out how to how to function in the Christian life so it actually works, um, we'd highly encourage them to consider the discipleship programs, which they could find out uh, more information at ellerslie.com. Just go to the discipleship tab, I think it is, mm-hmm. and there's more information there. But uh, this week, we've been talking through your message from Sunday called The Roar of the Lion. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we're just processing through is just this idea of the voice of the Lord. Uh, could you give a quick summary of just the sermon, just, just yeah. for those who may not have well, heard it?
0: it well, was, it was a very interesting, like just in the in- intrigue level, it's a fascinating message because it, it goes into detail in the description of God's voice. What is God's voice described as? Because most of us have never thought about that. God's voice has a description. It's like, what is Eric's voice like? Well, it's sort of caramely, and it's like, has it, <laughs> I mean, I, how do you describe God's voice? But it does in detail uh, throughout Scripture. And uh, to recognize that it's a booming voice, it's not just still and small and gentle and, and soft, it's very strong, uh, and surprisingly so. It's very manly. And so it's very attractive to us as guys, you know, because manhood has sort of fallen uh, out of vogue. Uh, it's no longer uh, culturally uh, correct. And so when you see God's voice, you're say, well, I'm betting God is falling out of <laughs> being in vogue too. And so... It's very powerful, though. And you recognize, like there was a scripture I read in Revelation yesterday that talks about the voice of the church and this great congregation of believers and what they're proclaiming. And it's described with the exact same description yeah, as the voice so of God. so beautiful to
1: me. That was such a great insight. Uh,
0: so you begin to realize that when God Almighty, this lion of the tribe of Judah, moves inside of his children, and we all get together and we speak, we praise, and we declare, it sounds like... God. It has that same timbre, that same sound as the thunderous roar of, of God Almighty, which just excites me to think that we could be instruments that could play his song
1: in this earth. Mm, that's good. Uh, this particular episode today is called Trembling Before the Lion, and it's really on this idea of the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there's two kinds of fear in scripture. There's the do not fear, mm-hmm. uh, which is we're not to fear anything mm-hmm. of this world. And yet we are told to fear the Lord. Could you unpack even what yeah. that means? Because I think there's a confusion in the church of just what that, yeah, that actually looks
0: like. Like most things, when sin enters into the picture, it distorts. And so a lot of things that were actually made good on purpose are then uh, redirected. And the fear of God is a classic illustration of that. Instead of fearing God, we fear man. We fear what man uh, has to say. and uh, But we also have this capacity, what we could call to tremble. And it's actually a very, very important part of our makeup as, uh, as humans. God designed us to be these vehicles uh, that carry his glory. And one of those dimensions of our makeup is the ability to tremble. But most of us take that ability and we misuse it. It's spent in the wrong way. And so we tremble at what's happened in the world around us and bad news and horrible things and, and things that could happen to us we even tremble about and anxiety and fretting, foreboding and fear as you brought up. And so, and as a result, God is going to go out of his way saying, that's the, that's a mishandling of the way I created you. You are not to give way to those things. At the same time, he's going to say, but... I created you to use that dimension of who you are this direction towards me. You see, God is holy, holy, holy. And when we begin to appropriate and take our focus off of our circumstances and place them on him in the heavenly realms, it's amazing, but it creates a trembling. It creates a fear, but not in the wrong way, in the right way. And it actually corrects our being so that we are useful to him. It's like a saxophone being packed full of a whole bunch of grit and grime and dirt. And God's saying, eh, this isn't the way I designed uh, this instrument. You're, you get that out. What you're supposed to be is submitted to me, but God, look how massive you are. And when we hand ourselves over to him and he then presses his lips upon us, we actually can now proclaim the glory of God in and through this instrument. But as long as we are being used for the wrong purpose it's it actually distorts us. And so uh, the fear of God, which we can continue to unpack, because that isn't necessarily the description of what the fear of God is, but it's more the concept, of the distortion of the use. So, Because when we hear the word fear, and we're like, do not fear. And then the next thing you, we hear in scripture is, you must fear. <laughs> it, it sounds confusing, but there's a whole bunch of things like that in scripture, where there's a proper use according to our design, but it's been perverted and it's been distorted. So just like judging, do not judge, but actually we're supposed to make decisions and clear judgments based on the word of God all the time. And so which one is true? Well, they're both true. You're not supposed to judge out of the flesh. You're supposed to judge according to the spirit. You're supposed to judge in accordance with the word of God. Oh, welcome to the realities of the kingdom of heaven. It's understanding that God is purchasing us from the kingdom of darkness, transferring us into the kingdom of his dear son, so that we can now allow this makeup, the way we
1: were designed to be fully realized. That's really good. You know, that idea of fearing the Lord can actually be applied in a whole bunch of different arenas in our life. For example, prayer, right? In other words, we have closeness and intimacy with the Father. We can boldly enter into the throne room of grace, and yet we are to do that very reverently, with with an honor, because we mm-hmm. should be trembling, fearing the one we are approaching. So even though it's funny, it's like he is a he's intimate, he's a friend, he's uh, he's even a, the illustration of like a lover in scripture, yeah. and yet he is King of Kings and he is Lord of Lords, and yeah. therefore we should tremble before yeah. him. Let's let's uh, specifically just apply that to the Word of God, because it's interesting when you look at the Word of God, it's the very words of God Himself. It's not mm-hmm. just some good information or stories mm-hmm. or history. God himself is speaking. So if we should have a fear of the Lord, that mm-hmm. actually also means that we must fear his word. Uh, you often bring up this idea of the position of the word of God in our mm-hmm. life. Could you walk us through that just in terms of, and even just tied in this idea of fearing the Lord in terms mm-hmm. of trembling and, and honoring the words yeah. of the Lord?
0: Well, how we relate to the word of God is very, very critical. when I say word of God, that means a lot to you and I. It has a lot of dimension. To some people, they just think of the Bible, which is a good place to start. The Bible is the Word of God in text. But there's also the Word of God in person, who's Jesus Christ. And we even unpack it further and we say, well, there's also the Word of God in action, what Jesus came to do, which is the fullest expression of who he is, all of his attributes revealed at that cross. And that's like a key epicenter of history. But then you have the Word of God in us, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the very one who carried along the writers of the, the Bible to write it is actually now living in us. That's an extraordinary statement. And then the Word of God through us, which is the whole point. It's missions. It's sharing Jesus, the Great Commission. Uh, So when we talk about the position of the Word of God in our life, it's very, very important. It's symbolic of both text and Jesus. It's it's a very high and holy thing. And how we relate to that— Defines success or failure of our Christian life. And we have grown up, many of us, in a Christian culture that has demoted the word of God unwittingly. Most of us would never purposely do it. But if I gave three options, one is to approach the word from above it as if it's lesser than us, our brain is smarter than the Word of God, then we'll critique it. We'll look at, we'll you know, move the glasses to the end of our nose and just sort of find its faults. It's like, well, I'm so smart next to this Word of God. So it's a spiritual smugness, very dangerous for the soul. But a lot of us don't... And very common in today's culture. Very yeah. common. and But we also have another one that I think is we're more vulnerable to in... We're serious about Jesus. We're serious about the Word of God. We really don't like the smugness of that, the arrogance of that attitude. But we don't actually still have a proper relationship. What we are is like a, a buddy. We are next to the Word of God. So we're like a, an equal with it. We're not above it, okay? We, but we sort of chum around with it. It's like a buddy. And when a buddy comes to your house, a buddy doesn't tell you what to do. That would be very awkward if, if your friend said, clean your room. You're like, excuse me? You're just a buddy. And so as a result, we hang out with the Word of God. We esteem the Word of God. We love the Word of God. It's one of our close friends but we don't heed it. We don't obey it. And so as a result, that's equally dangerous. I shouldn't say equally dangerous. It's dangerous. I don't know if I I want to put value to it. It's still very dangerous. It's headed in the right direction, right? Esteem is still there. Respect is there. Honor is there. But whoa, we're, we're in danger. The third one is a proper positioning, and that is beneath it. The Word of God is above us. It is high. It is holy. It is exalted. It is a communication from God Almighty. It is his words that are unchanging. They are true. And as a result, we bend our knee and we hear its roar. We hear its thunder. We do not back away and say, I don't want to hear this. We say, God, I submit to it. And it shakes our being. It removes the fog bank, knocks away all the cobwebs. It cleans us out. It is an amazingly purifying instrument in our life. And that is a fearful position. Not in the wrong use of the word fearful, but in the right use of the word fearful. The way we were created is to be before a throne, to recognize his high and holy position, to recognize that we've been brought in. We've been preserved by his work on the cross, his shed blood, so that we can boldly enter in and participate in this holy, holy, holy. God's throne room and the activities that are taking place there. It's an astounding thing that should cause us to quake when we even consider it. Most of us aren't quaking. And that's where we need to, in a sense, move into the right position.
1: And it really ties into what we talked about yesterday, which if someone hasn't listened to that, they can listen to on their favorite podcast app or go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily. But yesterday we are talking about obedience and the fact that, and just to tie those in, when we actually revere God's word and we actually come under God's word and we actually tremble before it as if it is true, because it mm-hmm. is, then what it actually demands of us then is obedience, that we actually come in alignment with that and say, Lord, uh, what, what I'm, what's being exposed in my life right now doesn't actually match what your word says. Mm-hmm. So I've got to you know, repent, surrender, and come in alignment uh, and walk in obedience to that which you have said. One of the things I've noticed when we, as we talk about the fear of the Lord is for a lot of people, when they hear the word fear or fearing Lord, it actually causes this idea of drawing away from. Mm-hmm. In other words, if I'm in a dark alley and I'm fearful of you who are walking mm-hmm. toward me, You're not gonna I'm going to run. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it seems like we do that with the Lord all the time where, all right, I'm going to fear the Lord. What does that mean? I'm going to shy away from, mm-hmm. and I'm going to run from him. Mm-hmm. But that actually is that's actually a wrong way mm-hmm. of appropriating The fear of the Lord. Could you talk and even just give that illustration, maybe as a way to wrap up this episode, about actually running toward and actually letting the fear of the Lord cause a almost a wooing or a drawing toward Him, not a pulling away from Him? Yeah, because
0: we both know that the fear of God actually produces a greater closeness and a greater intimacy, but that doesn't make sense to those of us that only understand fear in the wrong use. And so I remember a missionary coming through and uh, eating dinner at our house. And I don't know how we got on the topic, but she mentioned the fear of God, and I'll never forget her description. And it was what you just brought up, which she talked about a father and wrestling with his children and playing with his children. And a father and his child, they have a bond, they have an intimate bond, but the child is innately and inerrantly knows that the the parent is massive in size comparatively. And a father knows that he could crush the child. And maybe even the child knows that. It's like when I wrestle with my kids, it's very different than wrestling. I mean, I wrestled in the seventh grade, right? Very different. In other words, where you're exerting all your strength to attempt to pin down, and I don't want to say crush, because that's a bad way of describing wrestling, but to pin down and to hinder the other person from movement. And that's not how I wrestle with my kids. And that may be how God is going to wrestle with the world and the powers of darkness, and that's how he trains us to, but when he wrestles with us, he is bringing us into a theater of companionship and intimacy. And when I'm wrestling with my kids, I take my weight and stick it elsewhere so that it doesn't land on them. I still have it. I still have so much strength that I could crush my kids, but I'm literally going to use that strength to protect them and to bring delight to their life. It's an amazing thought. And if you've ever seen a father with his child, and this is what this missionary said, and the father, you know, grows big, you know, with their that one face like Ah-ha! And the child will scream or screech screech or squeal, you know, that type of noise. And what's amazing is to see them run straight to the father and wrap themselves around his legs. Why would a child do that? I mean, don't you see the terror of the father, how big the father is, how strong the father is? Yeah, but I also see his love. And that he intends good towards me. And that right now, even though he is holy, 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 as we would approach God, even though he is righteous, 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 even though he is pure, pure purity, I know he loves me. And therefore, we boldly approach his legs and we cling to him. And that is an amazing picture of the fear of God. We know that even though he is dreadful in that sense, that he could condemn our soul unto death, but because of his love, he has given his son to us and clothed us in his righteousness so that we could be intimately bonded to him as sons and daughters. Woo! That's pretty amazing. It's called Good News. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellerslie.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellerslie.com.